Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than a Stand-Up. I'm Sunny Sanger, and I will be your host today. This is the next iteration of the DevOps series, and in this particular episode, we will be talking about culture. Joining me today, friend of the podcast, Jesse Marchan, Senior Director of DevOps, ISBN, People and Enablement Operations. And we have another friend now of the pod, Dominic Meyer, Principal Engineer at SAP. So big topic now we're going to talk about is culture. Um, how do we, how does culture, culture is an interesting one, right? Because it's not an overnight change. So based on your two experiences, how do you start to maybe even start to shift the smallest amount of culture and where does it begin? Yeah, so uh, let, let me let me start off and 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 dig into a little bit of what you said and, and I think I think it's a really good question to think about what is culture and mindset how does it relate to devops uh, how does it get moved from being sort of very sort of uh, in the ether to being something very very tangible uh, and then and and how do we uh, think about those in ways that we can change it uh, and and from a very definitional perspective, I mean, it's culture is defined really by behavior, right? So it's nice uh, to, 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 to say we have a culture and we have values, but really how is it, how is it actually lived day to day and, and, and what behaviors do we see? And, and there's a couple of, and let me, let me highlight that by giving a couple of, of examples on, on each side of the spectrum. Um, there's, there's a, uh, uh, if anyone recalls Korean Air Flight 801, uh, which was ended in a crash and, and lots of deaths, there is they they took they looked back through some of the black box recordings and the cockpit voice recorder and 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 basically you know there were there was not enough of a challenge to the pilot's authority right so it was a very deferential culture it's a de deferential culture in in Korea and his. His the first officers were, were, were saying, "Hey, you're, you're you're about to crash," but they they didn't actually challenge the the pilot or and, or make an explicit sort of warning until there were really like six seconds left and there was no time left. So, what does that what does that sort of embody? Well, they they you know they didn't feel from a cultural perspective that the, that the first officer had the right to challenge the pilot, uh, even to the point of risking their own lives. Um, that uh, let me contrast that with something like like the Toyota production system and some of the manufacturing lines where where there really is an emphasis on on the human workers and and there was a um, a tour when they were uh, of, of of the factory and some of the the tour attendees were were asking um, the the the, the uh, executive vice president um, um, why there there hasn't there wasn't more automation because that was a little bit surprising, uh, and and his and his his response to that was that basically too much automation had led led to a loss of basic skills among the workers, and and um, they they couldn't uh, see what was actually wrong in the system. They were just they were they were too much. Uh, they didn't have enough context, and so there was more of an emphasis on on. On having even the line workers, you know, giving them the more uh, empowerment and, and ability to see the problems 
um, call them out and, and challenge, you know, in essence, the, the leadership or the automation because they thought they could do things in a better way. So just a couple of examples, but I think that all comes down to, okay, those, those are great, but how do we, how do we actually uh, see behavior and, 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 and measure it? I mean, that's sort of what, what we're in essence talking about. And there's, uh, for those that are not uh, familiar, there's there's a great um, tool called the Westrom's uh, Culture Survey, and, that, and this is a survey that's that's been developed by Dr. Ron Westrom. Again, sort of started in some of, of the safety culture, but has been widely applied uh, in the DevOps arena. And he categorizes cultures into sort of three main buckets. There's pathological, there's bureaucratic. And then there's generative, and each of these cultures have a lot of traits that are that are incredibly important. So, for example, in, in a pathological um, culture, is very power oriented, low cooperation. Um, when messengers bring failure uh, uh, news of failure, they are shot uh, in, in quotations, uh, and that contrasts to you know in, in a culture that's generative, which is very performance outcome oriented, lots of cooperation, you know risks are shared. There's there's less silos. You know when there's failure, leads leads to in, inquiry versus punishment or, or justice. So those are again sort of some of the spectrum, and you can really measure your culture uh, uh, in these ways. Um, and in the in the world of DevOps and in the world of, of software, where we're, we're trying to create and innovate and, and bring new things to the table, you really need to be in that generative culture or as close as you can be to that to to um, maximize the performance of, of your team and your outcomes, um, both from a agile as well as a DevOps perspective. So, uh, super long answer, but you know, can you? What is culture? It can be measured by behaviors. Uh, or it's it's embodiment of behaviors. Um, what's the culture that that we should strive for to be generative, uh, and and how do we get there is really the tricky question, which uh, yeah. I think we'll talk about on the on the rest of this. So yeah. long long answer and probably only a partial answer, but hopefully that frames the discussion. No, yeah, thank I, you. I think I um I have a good I have a point to start and something that I that I also um like to bring out. Uh, there is a book, I, it's called Melting the Iceberg, and it ties uh, perfectly in what you said, Jesse, like you have six seconds left and uh, then it's all over, like with the, the pilots. Um, melting our ice, our iceberg is melting, like just quick, it's just about a, a small penguin and they live on a shelf and he discovers that the shelf is melting, so kind of also they are doomed, like the pilots. Um, and he sees and, and he tells everyone and they don't listen. And uh, the book is actually about how to convince more and more people that something has to be done or something is necessary. And I also apply this every day um, is by approaching each and individual people, um, starting very small, maybe some colleagues, um, lead by example or show by example. So you show them how it's done. You show it to one person. Um, they maybe don't see the advantage. You have to go after it and after it. So you also get a little bit of gray hair like me from it. But I think how you can start is always like the small penguin, like going to the to your best friend, trying to convince him from the cultural change you want to do, even if it's super tiny. Um, and also like show examples, show also the win. 
um, one method that we also have is we try to introduce something new. Everyone is initially against it. So we do dev talks. Mm. Uh, we show everyone in practice end to end how they can apply it. And um, most of the time this works out well, but it, it comes with the cost of time and a lot of investment. So I think this is how we always start with one change to our culture. Yeah. Um, Another one, uh, this also, you, I think, Jesse, this was also one of your points. And I think this is something that we sometimes lack is uh, the, like the encouragement to share knowledge and to actively just share. Um, so I think a KPI, um, a KPI within a team or even a whole company where you measure how many people you help, not how many people you stomped in a trash can against in a competition. Um, I think this is also super helpful, like to, yeah. to, to measure how many others did you help or even like how from how many others did you receive help mm -hmm. to kind of get this uh, community feeling um, that you can go to someone else and convince them. If you are just sitting in your silo, you will not convince anyone. So these are small baby steps that we try to. Yeah, no. And, and, and to add on to that, I would I would definitely think or I would recommend that your team take the Westroom org culture typology and and fill find out where where you as as a team uh, fit into that typology um, are you pathological hopefully you're not in the pathological culture that's that's the worst probably in the uh, bureaucratic or 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 maybe even uh, generative and then within each of those look at each of the elements and and have you know a discussion in in, in the retro that your team is having or, or, or conduct a, uh, a retro on it and understand you know, what, what could really be improved and have that open discussion. Uh, hopefully you have enough support from your management that um, um, that's supported. If you don't, honestly, come come talk to us. We're, we're, we're happy to, to help uh, 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 you know, be a third party in some of those discussions. Uh, that that being that being said, you know if you can measure it, you can have open, explicit discussions. That's a great start. Um, it's not going to change the world in one day, but at least it's you get people thinking and 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 talking about it. Um, and um, it's not easy, as 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 Dominic yep. says, but but um, it's vitally important if you wanted to be able to have um, sort of a growth mindset and be able to to change and then it begins with a lot of discussion and and passion uh at the end of the day i think there is one uh one small um hint that we can also point here to start um what is always difficult is showing up to a retrospective or a meeting um it ties perfectly to jesse's point um you show up to a meeting and you try to convince people in the 30 minutes, 45 minutes that you have there, you try to convince them on spot. And this is also from the, the iceberg is melting, uh, a perfect learning that you can take away. It's always worth it. And I try to do that a lot that you uh, basically uh, take the key players to your side by mm -hmm. examples, mm -hmm. showing them the growth. And then you do the retrospective and try to, to to pro, um, uh, pitch your change basically to gain support. Right. And um, then you have a broader um, support in your meeting because if you just start to pitch it, there is a million questions and probably the key players will be, let's call it against you. And then it's super tricky to start uh, any change. 
Yep. So it's easier to win, to kind of win first and then go into the discussion. Yep. And and to, to even reemphasize that, I, I remember uh, Thomas Sauerzeg uh, a few years back now, maybe even as much as four, um, put up a slide that that had a real impact on me, and and the slide was you know changing thinking plus changing things and. Um, we can't just change things. We also have to change the thinking, and and that really relates to you know what we said uh, uh, from a, a culture and mindset perspective, um, and and that requires all of us to to participate in that change to build the culture that we want and to have the behaviors that we want. So um, yeah, I think that's that's it's. Um, sometimes fun to get to, to get stuck in, in, in the tool side of, of DevOps or in some of the technical aspects, uh, but the, that cultural and those interactions uh, and those sort of uh, system syncing, which is also a plug towards some of our next uh, episode, really, really are, are very important. Um, otherwise, we, you know, we're going to go, go back to, we might have a cool, uh, you know, 747 or whatever, but if we're not actually talking, we might just all crash into the mountain. Yeah, and for our listeners out there who don't know who Thomas is, Thomas is our head of product engineering. Um, I'll tie in a quick story as well, and it goes back to the Westrum. Is it's probably over the last couple of years been one of the most um, influential tools for me to use with teams um, when it was introduced by you, Jesse, a couple of years ago. I think there's always, I think when we talk about behaviours as well, I've seen it when we've actually presented some of the results back to some of the leaders is. There's a self-realization and there's a self-know of some of the behaviors. Um, and I think when you actually show it to, to some of the leaders, that self-realization really hits home and you can kind of see that. Um, and I think that's where the Westrom is just super powerful in actually there may have been sometimes thoughts in their minds, which is like, am I really like this? Am I not? And there might be denials. Um, there might be, there may be just reconfirmed as well. Um, of that behavior. So I think putting that actually out there and then helping them through that is one of the most super powerful tools you can probably get when it comes to this type of topic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is there anything else you two wanted to cover off on culture and behavior? I know we've only got less than 15 minutes and it's a bigger topic, but it's hard. I <laughs> it's very difficult. So yeah, Sonny, one point that we didn't touch is uh, that you cannot command culture. So what what yep. does we we checked in the beginning of this uh, episode, like what small steps can you do to start? Um, actually, we also have examples what small steps you can do not to start. And uh, one of them is to make a presentation, uh, command everyone to do DevOps or do the cloud mindset uh, and then just leave. Um, so I think that is also one lesson that we have seen and that we can never empathize enough that a PowerPoint presentation and a top-down order will not make any of your teams doing DevOps or having a cloud mindset. Mm -hmm. So I think this is also something to take away as how not to start. What do you think, Jesse? Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. And, and I think, let me even separate that into personas. So if, if you're a manager listening to this, this podcast, you know, I, I think it, it, what are you doing to create the generative culture? What have you have you evaluated the culture of of, of the teams or teams that you're working with? Um, are you empowering them 
to do to have that ownership uh, that are you are you helping them you know find out where those bottlenecks are in the system and, and encouraging them to 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 come up with solutions are you protecting your team um, from from you know all the things that are coming to them outside outside you know so there's there's plenty to do from from the the uh, uh, manager side if you're an, uh, an IC um, and and you don't feel like culture is changing to or the culture fits a generative culture you know that's there's plenty you can do as well. Um, are, are you are you asking your team to do retros? Are you highlighting? Are you having, and you know, influencing without authority? Are you, are you talking with your manager and saying, "Hey, this is this is really a pain point for the team, and I'm I'm frustrated." And and are you being explicit in, in those things? Have you met other practitioners or or reached out to communities of practice to to say, "Hey, you know, we have this thing. Has, has anyone else?" solved it and and you know going back to sort of sharing that you know and, and contributing i mean we're even seeing things like like uh i mean uh, you know, i was just thinking of the introduction of stack overflow with the sap license as a, as a great place to to ask questions to be an expert to share some of your knowledge if if you're you're you're, you're um you know you, you feel like your influence on your team is is uh, you need more influence on your team to get answers or you need to want to influence other teams. So there's plenty of places where, where you can contribute both as an IC, as in a manager. And, and, and again, it, it, it really takes us all um, demonstrating, you know, perhaps new behaviors to, to change culture. Yeah. It feels like um, based on what you just said, Jesse was um, leaders may need to step back into a self retro on themselves, yeah. not even a retro of the team, but like just a self retro on where they are. Or get code, you know, get, Get coaches. I mean, there, there's, there, yeah. you know, at every level, you need coaching. I mean, it, yeah. there's, there's no one that, 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 that uh, does not benefit from a, a third eye, a third party's eyes, and 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 sort of um, helping you think through a process and, and explore different perspectives. That that's always always a good thing. And and uh, you know, I'll, I'll sort of leave it with one with one other thing is you know, I mean, going back to Toyota for a second. Um, you know, Toyota has been very, very generous in how they share their frameworks and process and, and, and um, you know, their production system. And, and, and you have to wonder why would they, why would they do that, right? There, it's, it seems like a competitive advantage to be, to having a great production system. And, and why can't other manufacturers just go in and just copy the process? Well, you know, their, their answer to that is they, they can't, uh, uh, they can't copy our culture, <laughs> Right. So, um, so, you know, and, and relating this back to agile, Hey, just because you're doing scrum or Kanban or, you know, whatever flavor of agile you might be looking at doesn't make you agile, right. There's a lot more to it than just doing the events. The events are a great starting point or the ceremonies or, or however you want to call them. Uh, But that is not the be all end all of what agile is. Yeah. Great way to end this particular episode. Yeah. And that's the end of this iteration. I'm Sonny. And Jesse. I'm Dominic. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider or shoot us an email at info at faster than a standup.com or find us on Twitter at faster standup. Thank you for listening. And that was faster than a standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.